Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Chapter by Chapter podcast for The Great Hunt. I am your host, Will Callum. With me is my good friend and co-host, Steve. We are finishing the week off, buddy. We have made it to the end of our first week. Only like 25 more to go. Only 25 more to go. And it feels (laughs) good. 25 more to go. (laughs) No, it feels good. It feels way better than on Dune. Even though I said uh, yesterday that things feel, felt a little doony, they don't really feel like as sandy and as, you know, it's not, I'm not gushing sand and spice out of all my holes. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry for that. Sorry <laughs> well, here's that the one. thing about the Wheel of Time, man. Like, Dune, I, I still really like Dune, uh, even though, like, our run of it made me like it less. Uh, But... The whole Wheel of Time thing, like, even with the really dense lore, it's just more fun. Like, there's a there's a little bit more of lightheartedness. It's way, it's like, way more fun. Like, it's... Yeah. Uh, you know, like, Dune's is a lot. Dune is yeah. a lot of... It can be a lot of fun, but a lot of the time, it is, you know, very heady, weird concepts, and high strangeness, and giant, confusing words, and... uh you know, space religions and space taxes. And sometimes yeah. I just want a fun Lots horse of- with a name who happens to be a Taverin and can weave the fabric yeah. of time with his horse decisions. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you I just want to play for my supper. I want to play the 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 ditties of all for the meals of tonight. Speaking of uh playing for your supper, today is the day that you and I have to solidify our predictions so that when we go into the rest of this book, we can start taking taking tally of who's right and who's wrong and who's going to be wrong. making who's going to be doing the humiliation at the end of this season. Are you excited about that? I'm not. Yeah, I am because you're going to do it. <laughs> I know. You're I know. Be doing it, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. I don't. I don't even really have many. Uh, many changes to make to my predictions because i actually made a bunch of predictions in the beginning you made like one and i made uh, like one i have a couple more i have a couple more now i'm going um, to make some change some amendments amend, amend, amendments addendums there you go. addendums amendums addendums look we have a real we have a problem here at this point i've realized <laughs> that maureen lan and perrin are probably not all dying in this book no so Maybe I'm going to change that up a little bit. Yeah, it's going to be Rand, Egwene. <laughs> <laughs> Rand is definitely going to die in this book. I think that Loyal. if anyone's dying, it's Lan. Here's the thing about dying in this series. Um, there there are points in this series that gets pretty dark, and it's not it's not afraid to do death. But I still think that this series is still geared towards uh, early, early to mid teenagers just interested in fantasy, and uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of death like that. Even though in this chapter there they do mention like there's a town that they might have like the children of light might have wiped out yeah, entirely, which I was I was like that's pretty dark, but. As far as main characters go, I don't know. Well, I don't know. It's like almost like you're saying that it's like a teen, that it's like a teen fantasy, which I don't. I think I don't think it is. I think it's an adult fantasy. No, I think you it's. Dick. 
when I think of adult fantasy, I, I think of Game of Thrones, where you got swearing, no, there's just, sex involved, no drugs. Way. Get out of here. Just because there's sex and swearing doesn't make something adult. In fact, it's the opposite. How about that? It makes it a little more immature. Because everything is centric mm. around P and V and Fs. <laughs> okay? Instead of good, meaty storytelling. Hey, here's here's a, a here's a thing I want to ask ask our listeners. Like, we've already done two seasons, and we're already five episodes into this. Uh, one thing that I think is kind of like up in the air, conversation wise, is the topic of cussing on your podcast. Now, it's no secret that Steve and I are not above cussing on our podcast. I mean, listen to this. Fuck. <laughs> Ass. Listen, I speak. Parcel tongue. Parse, partial tongue. Really? Partial. Partial uh, English? Partial English. <laughs> <laughs> partial tongue. <laughs> Fuck shit. Okay. Okay, Steve. So I got to reel myself in on this. That's getting gratuitous. But uh, it is something that I saw uh, some <clears throat> conversation generating around it on the Twitter, the Discord, and uh, just saw. I just saw some differing opinions and I want to hear your opinions. So send us out some emails. Tell us that you're like, you got to cut the cussing out. I want to listen to this with my kids. You can tell us, but uh, no. Yeah, I know. But honestly, I'm not going to comply. (laughs) So don't tell me to cut the cussing out. I get it though. Yeah. Listening to your kids would be great with it with your kids. But let's be honest. Your kids aren't fucking paying attention. You're trying. You're like, Hey, Billy, little Billy, little (laughs) Willie. Hey, Hey, Will. Hey, Hi. Hey, little Will. Hey, hello. Want to listen? Listen, listen. You love the wheel time. I know you do. Listen to this podcast. You love it so much. No. And I'll put it on. No. And then I put, <laughs> and then I put it on. And you just, you know, be a, you just be the worst. I shit myself. On an iPad. Yeah. Play Minecraft okay. on my. You're probably. <laughs> on my iPad. You're just shitting yourself playing Roblox. <laughs> oh man. Uh. We don't have children, obviously, but those of you who do, <laughs> you know. You speak that language. You know what's going on. You're doing a great. You're doing a great. Job. Hey, I, nothing against parents. Every it's a hard job. And no, it, it's no, it's a hard gig. And like as we get older, more and more of our friends are becoming parents, and it is, it's a hard. gig. I'm like 20 years older than you. Shut up. It just gets worse, <laughs> and you become more of an outcast when you are the one who doesn't have the kid. I know. But really, though, is that I? It's not swearing. In any medium of entertainment is not for everyone. Some people don't like to watch TV shows or movies with swearing in them. That's true. And some, you know, and some people do. Some people like a more authentic sound. And the most authentic Steve you're going to get says really dumb things. I, what I'm what I'm going for often. here is Swears. kind of like a an Eric Andre of the literary world. That's what that's what I want us. To be so, we need to even be dumber. Is what yeah, you're saying. I mean, like we got to be like live streaming and peeing on each other. I think that's where we need to go. <laughs> this is what's gonna. This right, we'll find a way to this do is what that. our listeners want. I've been. I'm on the twitters. You know, I'm listening to what they. It is. It appears to be what they yeah. want. You ran a poll. <laughs> All right, let's get into this chapter here. Chapter five: The Shadow of Shinar. We haven't even started the chapter. No, man. We've just been oh, chilling. My goodness. 
So Shadow of Shinar, this is very similar to last chapter. We're catch we're picking up right where we left off with Moraine and the Amberlin Sea, uh Suan or Siwen. And can't really Yeah, Sichuan. <laughs> and uh kind of getting a an idea of where the plot is gonna go next. So in a nutshell, between Moraine and uh the Amberlin Sea, they're like, okay, this is the plan. You got convince Rand to take the Horn of Valir and take his friends, all of his friends, and go down to Ilion and present the Horn to the Council of Nine, who is the group of people in Ilion that kind of runs the show over there. Um, for, for <laughs> I think the reason is is that like they're gonna they're kind of going to trick Rand into becoming the Dragon Reborn because he's like he's totally against it right now. He doesn't want anything to do with it. He wants to go back. He, w- he wants to go back home. He wants to play Kingdom Hearts, like you. You know? Hey. You're talking about me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're going to give him... The, he's going to show up, and they're going to be like, We are the Council of Nine. And there's six of them. Right? <laughs> yeah, there's six. <laughs> six of them. He's like, uh, one, two, three, four, five. There's only six of you. Nay, we are nine. Present the horn. Present your horn to us. Rand's like, what is that? What does that mean? Is it, is it... Now sign here. What should I sign this? Sign. What? Okay. What? You are now the dragon, reborn, contractually ob- obligated. <laughs> they roped him in. Yeah, that's pretty much Moraine's plan I right why now. Why the Council of Nine are run by Skeletor? I think everybody that isn't <laughs> everybody uh, that isn't our main cast, your go-to impression is Skeletor, which I'm okay with. I'm here for. I like it. I'm not telling you to change a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good. It, I feel like it fits in the universe well. Yeah, uh, I like how uh, Moraine is talking about the rest of the cast, like or p- the rest of the th- three boys, like Matt and Perrin, like uh, the Amarillo seats. Like, how are you going to convince like the other two guys to go with Rand on this journey and and to present the horn to uh, to Ilion to kind of complete this uh, Great Hunt of the Horn? And she's she, kind of just like they're like they're honestly kind of assholes. So like it'll be Matt, really, really super easy. Like her literally, Matt. Yeah, she's like Matt is going to be into it because he's all about glory. You know, he's kind of like a vain douchebag. So he's going to be into it. He's tainted. Oh, and he's tainted. Bode well for us, right? But he's not going to want to pass up the opportunity to be part of the legend of the horn. Which really, who isn't? Especially if you're a young boy. And brand. And then like, what about Perrin? Well, Perrin's got his own problems, so he's looking for any reason to forget it. He's, like, turning into a wolf at night. You know, he's really good at basketball all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that part makes no sense. We have a Teen Wolf 2 situation on our hands. I don't know what's going on with this kid. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on with this guy? He needs a road trip. And uh, he, he keeps listening to that Warren Zevon song. I don't even know who that is. What's Warren Zevon? What, what, am I saying that right? Warren's Yvonne? Zevon? I'm not even <laughs> saying it right. Werewolf in London? Oh, I know London. that song. You know? Werewolf in London. That's how it goes. American Werewolf in London. Wow. See, and this is sometimes how our, our bits just, you know, they don't work. Yeah. They just pan out. Look, sometimes it's like, like it's like we fill up the whoopee cushion, <laughs> and then we sit on it, and it's full of knives. Yeah. And that's just farts. <laughs> yeah. 
And sometimes it's like it plays. Sometimes you sit on a whoopee cushion and it plays like my heart will go on like Titanic, but in fart noises. (laughs) Yeah, but just farts, (laughs) which is our equivalent of a beautiful masterpiece. It's a great song. You can't win them all, especially when you do a daily podcast. That's why we decided to do this podcast daily. We figured that most, like chances are, most it's not all going to be great. But if we do it every day, we at least have the excuse that we're doing this every day. And, hey, it's it can't true. all be great. <laughs> that is that is the exact philosophy that I had going into this. Because if we're going to be doing a show like every two weeks or every week, then you have to prepare. You have to be on your game. Oh, this way, yeah. we're just waking up. That's so we're much. Getting, we're recording. And every... Like, I got a question for you right now. All right, hit me. <clears throat> Are you wearing socks? Uh, no. Yeah, me neither. See? That's what I'm talking Look about. How- this is the quality content you guys have been waiting for every single this day of the it. week. And this is loose. We're loose, loose fit because we don't so, have socks on. So raw, so off the cuff. We're raw, do- we're raw dogging. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> so uh, back to this Horn of Valier shit. Uh, yeah, they're gonna take they're gonna take the horn to Ilion. Uh, part of the reason why uh, Moraine ordered all of Matt, Perrin, and Rand's clothes to be burned is because apparently Shadow Spawn can detect their old clothing. I mean, yeah, that's I, a I case. don't know. That's, that was a weird, that was a weird part, but I guess Moraine, you better uh, you better burn your clothes too, Moraine. I'm only here about the boy clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that and that conversation pretty much wraps up there. There's a little bit of talk about the seal, uh, the seal that was in uh, the Eye of the World, and I think that's kind of leading into my little bit of hypothesis that these seals are going to gradually break, and then we're going to kind of release Balsamon in full force. We've only seen Balsamon just a little bit, but uh, it's going to get worse and worse and worse as time goes on. And then perspective changes in the ch- in the same chapter, which I thought was jarring happens actually a couple of times the first time here we catch up with this guy named jeffrin bornhold jeffrin uh, he's part of the children of light and he's going down to uh this place in called alcruna it's by the almuth alcruna matata alcruna matata um i think he's getting he is he's going there to kind of uh deal with this battle situation is this the same place that we were talking about earlier yesterday's chapter between um uh morgandi or whatever that place is and uh al 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 or whatever altera and mirandi like there's a like a conflict going on there i don't know what the hell he's saying to me right now (laughs) well hopefully somebody listens to this podcast no i'm knows what i'm going knows what i'm talking about he is taking a whole bunch of uh white cloaks uh at the behest of like a higher up to this area um and and uh also to this town called Tom and Head part of me thinks that this is also the area that we heard about in the um uh oh what do you call it the prologue you know what i'm talking about i think with, this, with the man named Bors yeah with the man named Bors Jeffrey Bornhold 
seems like he could be the man named Boris, but he might be doing this in no like way. a backwards kind of way. Or maybe it's somebody else, like somebody else. Like it's very possible this man named Boris could be a children child of light, one of these white cloaks. <clears throat> You know what I mean? Could be. But I don't think so. I think it's Tam. Mm, no. I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. I don't think oh. it's Tam. <laughs> Tam just shows up and he's like, I'm Boars! I'm a man named Boars. <laughs> And well, Brand's like, anyway. I'm bored too. Be Morgo, Morgo. Didn't they mention? So they mentioned in this. Was in this chapter that Matt. This is when they're talking about Matt has the dagger from Shadar Logoth. Mm-hmm. It's evil. It's tainted, and it's yeah. made him tainted, which is why he's such a butthole all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he was naturally a butthole prior to the taint, but now he yeah, is. it was kind of his deal. You know, he like he. He, amongst Emmons Field folk, he's like, I'm the butthole. Look at yeah. me. But now it's way worse. And they mentioned that everything at Shadow Shadow Logoth is tainted. Mm-hmm. And then they say something. There was a line that was like, what if they touched Morgoth? What if they touched that guy Morgoth? What was his name? Morgoth? Yeah, Morgoth. Wasn't that, was... wasn't that that guy? There was like that thief guy in there. Yeah, the he's like a spirit, you know? Like he wasn't yeah. like a thief. Well, like he's like Morgoth is like, I think it, I think that's right. Morgoth is like the, the taint that kind of took over that town that became Shadar Logoth. I can't remember the name that was. Oh, that there was re- a guy. Yeah. He, he's, he's personified, you know, like Matt actually meets him, but he's like a spirit, you know, he's not an actual person. He's like the actual, it's like the personification of that taint. I mean, define person. Sounds to me he's a person, so. I think he gets the right to vote. I mean, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. Why would, don't put me in that corner. Why would you, why would you make me? Nobody puts Willie in the corner. I have that on a t-shirt, everybody. That's going to be available on our merch store for (laughs) $38. (laughs) I mean, probably. Like realistically, that's a very that's a very realistic price. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, it costs a lot to make these shirts, especially the quality it's that be we really want. Really expensive for us to buy them for ourselves. Actually, you know what? You should, you and I should do. We should sit down and make a make our own shirts out of cardboard and sell them for thirty eight dollars. <laughs> out of cardboard? Yeah, out of ca- out of cardboard. Why not fabric? Cardboard's cheaper. <laughs> I don't know if it is. <laughs> when you're buying bulk, I don't really don't know if it is. Who says we're buying? Do you know how much clothes cost? I have a dumpster full of recycling just outside my building here. <laughs> <laughs> Cardboard for the taking. <laughs> hey, I need. I'm always. I'm always. I need that. Bring you're it right? over. I, I I know like half of your business model here is selling magnets, and I'm telling you, you're missing out on magnets of toasters. I'm selling comic books, uh, right? magnets of uh, put cardboard of in them, baby seats, all right, cat faces of litter, of the okay. litter packages. Okay, look, man, well. there's a whole market here. You haven't done enough dumpster diving in your life to know that there's a huge market of material in what there. What are you talking about? I I do grocery shopping. 
<laughs> Charlie Benson, we. <laughs> All right. Anyone who doesn't know, just a, this is a little side note that uh, Charles Manson made. Uh, he made some music. If you didn't know, he's a recording artist. He does have some albums on Spotify. Look him up and look up we a actually, song called Garbage Dump. We don't we have a podcast out there in the ether kind of talking about this. I mean, you we can do. I don't want to. I don't want to promote it right now. If you can uh, find it, then good for you. But I don't want to promote it. I might tweet it out when this episode airs. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after that whole Jeffrey uh, Jeffrey Bolenhold thing, that I don't know exactly what's going on. We're probably gonna have to see where that goes. Uh, I don't even know exactly where they are either. Uh, but after that whole thing, we cut back to Leandrin and she goes up to Lady Amalisa and Lady Amalisa is Lord Agomar's sister and Leandrin is up to no good here. Pretty much she admit, like she doesn't admit it here, but she's black Aja. She is 100% I mean, evil like, yeah, as How is she fuck. not? How, how is, is she, she not? not? I think she's it was like, oh, there's probably black Aja here to a response of like, what the fuck did you just say? And then it's like, Relax, relax. Listen, I didn't say I'm black. I don't know. I could be. Anyone could be. I don't know. I'm. I'm not. But like, I could be. Who knows? You could be. Who knows? I don't know. She's like. I don't know. She's literally like. There's black Aja somewhere in here. Yeah. There's a. There's a shadow in Shinar. Like, if you know what I mean. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's kind of how I feel about the home that I live in. Because the house that I live in, everyone is very old. It's built in 1905, I believe. It's a very old house. And uh, it's seen numerous renovations over the years, but I can't help but feeling that somewhere in here there is black mold, <laughs> and it is killing me slowly. And this is this is real. This is a real thought. Don't know what to do about that, but uh, you know, I, I guess it's like a black agile. I know it's there. Just yeah. gotta be, be prepared. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't even know how to help you there. Like, do you know where to look for it? Maybe it's in your bathroom. I'd check your bathroom first. Probably in there, yeah. It's definitely <laughs> in the walls. Anyways, I don't know. I don't want to get into it. I right. don't want to get into the walls of this house. <laughs> so maybe I'll find an action comics in there, number one. Now you're now you have to get into those walls. I'd be mad if you didn't. Yeah, you never know. So uh the reason why Leandrin's coming to uh Lady Amelisa is to get some information out of her. And particularly she wants the information of what who is the person that they have stored away in the dungeon right now? The This particular dark... Pad and Fane. Pad and Fane. And uh, she kind of puts a little bit of spell on Lady Amelisa, and she kind of... Um, she, I think it's she, she straight up... It's a weird spell. It's like... It's not a... It's like um. It's like a truth-sayer. So, it's like a truth-sayer, but it's not, though. It makes you... It doesn't make you tell the truth. It makes you want to tell the truth. It makes you compelled to. I think it makes you afraid. Therein, therein, making you tell the truth, but it makes you like, it makes your like desire, like your number one desire, be to like, to tell this person what they what they want to hear. Right. Yeah. Or part of me got, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, part of me got the sense that like the spell makes her really, really afraid. So she has like, if she doesn't tell the truth, like something bad will happen. Something along those lines. You know what I mean? Because like when she's talking, she's doing like the the the. There's a guy stuttering in, a bit in in, in the basement. <laughs> ah! 
That's her stuff. Okay. Uh, so, and she she lies. I think she straight up lies to Lady Amalisa as well, saying that uh, her brother, Lord Agelmar, might be a dark friend. I don't think Lord Agelmar is a dark friend because we saw in the last chapter, and I think a little bit of this chapter, that Lord Agelmar had access to the Horn of Valir, and he was tempted to use the horn, but he like basically just gave it to the Amaralyn Sea, and he was like, I don't want to deal with this. If he was truly a dark friend, he'd probably figure out a way to use that stuff more. You know what I mean? He could be a dark friend now, though. Maybe he got I, corrupted. It's possible. I'm... Seems like a misdirect, so. though, from I the actual Black Azure. Yeah, and, uh, you know, she gets the information we need, and then we cut to uh, the point of view of Pat and Fane, where he is broken out of jail, baby. We don't know who breaks him out of jail, but I know who bro- breaks him out of jail. We both know who breaks him out of jail. Tom. Tom. <laughs> 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 no, it's obviously, it's, it has to be... Um, Leandrin. There's no other way. Yeah. You know, she's I don't know why. Black, he, she's the Black Aja? She's Black Aja. She's evil. The she has, Black Aja? Yeah. Uh, and she just asked about asked about him to uh, Lady Amalisa. I don't know why Robert Jordan's being coy of who did it. Maybe he's got a reveal. Maybe he's going to do like a little like, hi, you thought it was Leandrin, but well, it's maybe not. Maybe it's like, I don't know, maybe like Egwene. Because Egwene's been going down and seeing him. Maybe she got tainted. Or like, uh, I don't maybe know. she did it. I don't think so. In some capacity. But not of her will. Okay. Now you're, now you're talking. Like a black Azure took control or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, I can get down with that. That's all right. Um, mm-hmm. And that wraps up the chapter. So lots to unpack there. Lots to kind of think about. Now, we only got a couple minutes left in this pod. Let's get into our predictions and solidify what we're doing. I want you to go first, Steve, and uh, really solidify what you think is going to happen. How many points do you think? How many predictions do you have? Listen, I made so many predictions in that other episode, and I wrote them in a notebook. I don't know where that notebook is anymore. So I can't go repeating those. But I need to... I mean, those are set in stone. Those are recorded. We can, I have to go back and listen to those. it because I'm gonna. I want to write them all down right now, and uh, see well, where it goes. I have too many. I have too many. The new ones you can write down are that okay. Everyone, I'm going to make my my changes to all the people that I said are going to die because, oof, I, there were quite a few of those. So I think, Lan is going to make a great sacrifice. And he is going to develop, him and Maureen are going to develop a love interest, if they haven't already. Uh, No, because Nynaeve and Lan already have a love interest. We saw that in Naya World, so that's wrong. No, people can have more than one. I think Maureen is going to start to develop emotional, romantic feelings for Lan. And I think it's going to go both ways. I think you're wrong. That's fucking... You're allowed to think I'm wrong. You don't lose points for being wrong. Lan, love, moy. <laughs> okay, what else are you wrong about? 
Perrin's going to become a great king of the wolves. I like that one. This is all by the end of this book, right? Yes. <laughs> great. Perrin's also going to maybe communicate with like an owl or something. Right? Talks to an owl. I like that. Okay. Very Twin Peaksy. Yeah. Morin is going to be banished from the Aes Sedai. Banished. I like that. That's a good one. That's a good prediction. And then when they get to uh, Horn of Valley, it's going to turn into Super Smash Brothers. And it's going to be they're going to call in like Pikachu and uh, Link. Samus. <laughs> Cloud. How do I even write this down? Horn of Valier, Super Smash Bros. Yep. Okay. All right. Is that it? That's everything you got right now? I'll have to go back through your the old episode. If you got the if you find that notebook, just send me a picture of it and I'll write I'll write all your predictions down. Um my predictions are, and you can write these down. Uh, I, I only have a couple. Uh, the 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 Horn of Valier isn't going to make it to the Ilion by the end of this book. It's just not going to make it. I think it's way too far. I think there's uh, a lot of shit going on, and to make it 14 books, I think they're they're going to get sidetracked really early on, and they're not going to make it to the Ilion by the end of this book. Fair noted. To that, my okay. prediction is once they use it for Super Smash Brothers mode, it breaks forever. Now, <laughs> now another another guess that I have is that they're going to go on this quest uh, to Ilion. They're going to start on it. Uh, but you were, if you look at your cover there, Steve, you know that uh, scary character in the background? Yep. That's Patton Fane. And he is coming after the Horn of Valir. Because I think he's gonna be, he wants to turn it into something that the Bowser wants to turn use. into, a, turn into a, a, a water pipe, like a, like a like a snake, a bong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some, um, some sweet grass. Yeah. So uh, I think Pat and Fane is gonna play an instrumental role of them getting off track, and I think the, a lot of this book is gonna be like, I you know I think what's gonna happen is they're gonna go on this quest. Pat and Fane's going to show up, do some tricksy nonsense, and then the rest of the book is going to be uh, them trying to hunt him down. I think you're wrong. I think that guy on the cover isn't even Pat and Fane at all. Okay. He's a new guy. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, General Montrose. Uh, his name. My other prediction is that Moraine isn't going to be on this quest at all, which kind of goes against what the cover is suggesting, but I think she's going to be stuck with the Amarillan seat and dealing with this whole I red Aja, black Aja, Aja conspiracy. I think people are going to start realizing that there's a black Aja amongst the group and Moraine's going to be involved playing this cat and mouse game with Leandrin. Okay. All right. But the cover is saying something different, but I don't know if the cover is going to be, Saying something, it, it covers like throwing some smoke bombs at us, so we don't know what's going on. But I don't know. We, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I also think 
the Amaral and Seat will die in this book. I think Leandrin's gonna stab her in her sleep. Or something. Okay. That's a good one. That's a that's a that's a really good one. Like because everything that we've seen in this book so far is like, oh, Moraine and Amerlin, or the Amerlin seat, Suan, uh, they're good friends. They go back. So they're setting up this like friendship between each other just for their, just for her to be taken away like that. Moraine to go like crazy and Ned start Stark, Robert Baratheon situation. Yeah, we might get a little bit of a noir sort of detective story with Moraine, Ooh, which kind of would be cool. So. You know? And, uh, my last prediction that I have here is during the events of this uh, book, uh, the boys and loyal are going to get sidetracked by one of the wars that are happening amongst, uh, amongst everybody and possibly run into another false dragon since they're popping up all over the place. Well, there's so many of them. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's a false dragon. Hell I'm a false dragon now. No, you doubt you definitely are. I'm as real as they get though. (laughs) uh and that's everything i think that's about four or five different predictions and i'm and i'm locking those in i'm staying i'm keeping it minimal mine nynaeve is gonna be annoying it's not a prediction whenever she appears it is a prediction (laughs) so that's locked that's set in stone i think uh point for me (laughs) i think that's all we need for today's episode we have anything more that's it bud well, it's been a great first week, and of course, we want to give many thanks to all of our bread and cheese eaters that are coming with us on this little adventure called Chapter by Chapter. Say something, Will. I was waiting for you to wrap up. Like I was already bored as shit. I was waiting for you to go like, mm-hmm. I was waiting for you to yeah. go like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, I got it. You know, we can't say uh, wait, it wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we can't say it enough, but we cannot do this without you guys, and we appreciate you so, so, so much. So we are super excited to have you with us for this season three. And, uh... Donate to our Patreon. Like... <laughs> yes, donate to our Patreon. It feels weird to say that because it doesn't exist yet. But please donate to our Patreon. Uh, check our Twitter for more about that. And uh, also on our website, I'm sure. But uh, we'll see there. you back on Monday. I hope you all have a lovely weekend. And we will be back on Monday for Chapter 6 of The Great Hunt, The Dark Prophecy. At this point in the show, I want to show our support for our Big Cheese Daddy for taking part in our Patreon. Yes, our Patreon executive producer tier. If you would like to become a Gouda Grandmaster, head on over to the Patreon. You can find it in our uh, episode notes in the description and join the ranks of the elite.